0: <laughs> Welcome, to the Bay Area Panthers Pod. Part of the 95-7 The Game Podcast Network, where you'll find analysis, news, notes, and more about the Bay Area Panthers of the Indoor Football League. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Randy and Evan Giddings.
2: What's going on, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Bay Area Panthers pod. Mark Randy. Evan Giddings with you as always. And uh, Mark, after week nine, the Bay Area Panthers currently stand at four, pardon me, four and and three uh, overall this year after a tough loss down in the desert, Prescott Valley, Arizona to the Northern Arizona Wranglers, a 35 to 34 loss. And so right now it does break the three game win streak. And of course, you take a, a tough L to a Western Conference opponent falling from first to second in the West. Uh, but obviously, a lot to dig into, and a big game upcoming this weekend against an undefeated Frisco team. Before we dig into all of it, what's going on, man? How are you?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, that game last weekend in Northern Arizona, wild. Uh, you go into it, uh, you know. Obviously, we talked about last week. Northern Arizona really had their their worst showing of the season just a few weeks prior in San Jose. So I think if you are a Panthers supporter, you go into that game. Um, confident, but really, I mean, just as a fan of, of good football and a fan of the IFL, Evan, that was a, a game where the winner takes sole possession of first place in the West. And it came down to the final minute. I mean, a one point game, I mean, I don't know how, how much more we could have expected or asked for, obviously it would have been great if the Panthers could have come out with a really nice road win. Um, But what a fun game, start to finish. There were a couple of incredible acrobatic touchdown catches, one by each team where you saw guys jumping over the boards and tapping the boards with their legs and feet as they're catching the ball. You had uh, some unfortunate missed kicks. It, It happened for both teams, for Bay Area, unfortunately. Their big ones came in the fourth quarter. It featured some turnovers, some momentum shifts, some some huge plays by both teams, and it came down to the final minute. So while the result unfortunate, uh, what a hell of a football game that was!
2: No, it, it was, and I was fortunate enough to to be there calling that game. I was filling in for for Dave Lewis, who normally does the road games on radio, and uh, that was that was my first takeaway. And obviously the locker room was a little bit solemn when I went down there and you're checking in on the coaches and, you know, talking to Rob Keefe, Dixie Wooten, and they immediately invite me in and say, don't worry, man, you know, I know it's quiet in here, but we're basically just licking (laughs) our wounds after a tough loss. But you know, the, the one message that I tried to as gently as I can (laughs) pass on to the players was you guys just played a hell of a football game. And That felt as close to playoff football as I have ever witnessed, Mark. And I know that the Panthers haven't been a part of the playoffs, but this to me is what you would consider as close to a valuable loss Hmm. as possible because Northern Arizona has been there, done that. They hosted playoff games last year in that building. It felt like a raucous atmosphere at the Finlay Toyota Center. And it was a game in which the Panthers also, of course, they lost by a point, But that was a game that they had multiple chances to close, which we we can get into. Uh, But you're absolutely right. It had the makings of a heavyweight fight with an acrobatic catch first for Northern Arizona, an equally acrobatic catch by JT Stokes for Bay Area, a back and forth affair in which Bay Area was climbing from behind, then took the lead. They had a chance to close, and Northern Arizona had that championship pedigree, it felt like, at home, which allowed them, of course, to win the football game in addition to wanting to, I assume, capture some revenge for a loss, a lopsided loss against the Panthers a couple of weeks ago. So, no, that that game was incredible, and we've seen some really good games as well this year in the IFL, but that undoubtedly, even though the Panthers came out on the losing end, uh, was to me the best game that I have seen from both sides competitively this year.
1: Well, yeah, and, and that's what uh, Rob Keefe was talking about post game. Is what he said post game as well. Obviously, you you want to come out with the win, uh, but he felt like this was really the first um, real road test, road environment, raucous environment that the team has had a chance to to play with, to to play in. And while you of course want to come out with the victory, that is um, valuable. And, and, it, and it's important. And this is the Panthers team that, of course, has aspirations of going far this year, making the playoffs, winning a, a couple of playoff games and, and trying to win a championship. So it's great to have these sorts of experiences. And, of course, you you always want to win. Um, but it's much better to go into an experience like this. You know, as Rob Keefe said, really the team's first experience uh, in that kind of road environment to 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 have that relatively early in the year. I know we're, we're about halfway in now, but to have this yeah. experience now for the first time, just so much better than uh, doing it late in the year when you need to win a game to get into the postseason or, hell, in the postseason itself. If that's your first time experiencing that sort of thing, uh, not good because you might come out on the short side because you're so – uh, new to that sort of environment. So you're right, a valuable loss for Bay Area, still a frustrating one because you had it. There, there were so many just mistakes here or there. If you take one or two of those away, you probably come out with a win, but you're right. Um, I think this can still be a moment that the Panthers, um, if this season goes the way that that they would like it to, I think you'll, you'll be able to point back to this game and say, hey, that was a moment where, where they learned a handful of really important lessons.
2: Yeah. And so taking you through this one, the game starts with the Panthers actually getting a stop. So they they force a field goal that was no good from Northern Arizona. And they ended up getting the ball in the second half, which we can get into in a moment. But Justin Rankin pulls off one of his, oh, man. you know, <laughs> just at, at this point, Rankin-esque uh, kind of redirective, <laughs> Barry Sanders-esque runs. He Runs right, you know, doesn't have a window. Turns around, makes a man miss, finds a crease up the gut, and just bursts through for a score. Uh, Justin Rankin, a workout warrior, by the way, <laughs> I, I have to, I have to mention that that dude is an absolute tank. And then immediately the Wranglers, Wranglers come back and respond with one of those acrobatic catches that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Wisniewski goes over the corner of the barrier, high points the football, goes into the stands, and. Keeps control of the football. That by the way is not an easy thing to do. Not of course just because of you're hitting the barrier, going over. But Mark, it is, it is a metal on the other side that you're falling into. You're not falling into a turf in which is, of course, already not an easy place to land, but you're going into the, the steps that kind of move up. There are fans, there are seats. These guys have no regard for their own well-being when they are trying to make these acrobatic catches. So Wisniewski makes one, and then maybe the first and probably biggest mistake of the football game for Bay Area. Uh, Dalton Sneed throws his third interception sure. of the season. It comes in the end zone, even though it was you know from about 15 yards out. And a play that to me looked like in real time, he had a window, a step too late. Daniel Wright, a member of the best defense in the IFL for Northern Arizona, steps in front of it, makes the pick. They used that to go down and score before the first quarter, making it 14-7 Northern Arizona on a Greg Gibbons touchdown. He, by the way, that was his first time he'd been active in a couple of weeks, and he played a big role in this one, um, along with Garrett Kettle, who did not look good a couple of weeks ago here in San Jose, was very good uh, over the weekend against Bay Area. But Dalton Sneed response, you know, they they march right down the field. They are able to capitalize with a six-yard touchdown run by Sneed. And this is where, you know, you're talking about some of the missed kicks, also the missed extra point Hmm. at the 12-30 mark of that second quarter might have come back to bite them as well. Um, You know, then Northern Arizona, Get the ball back. They attempt another field goal. That's no good. Bay Area responds by going up 2014 with the acrobatic catch of the game by JT Stokes. He goes over the left side of the stands, catches the football, keeps it in, does a little dance in front of his own bench, (laughs) and uh, really just put on a show for the crowd. And after that, I mean, that was with 39.7 seconds left. And then credit to, to the Wranglers. Like This is what we're talking about, the back-and-forth game, the playoff atmosphere, the Rockets environment. Each team had a response to each other. And so Glenn Gibbons is able to punch one out from a yard away with 2.2 seconds left in the half. And Northern Arizona really needed that because Barry got the ball back. So you know, I, I don't know if you had any takeaways from the first half, Mark, uh, but for me, it was each team trying to feel each other out. And to me, they looked very different from – a couple of weeks ago until this week at Prescott Valley, even though, of course, it's technically a short period of time.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was something we talked about. If Northern Arizona has uh, wants to win this game, uh, their quarterback, Garrett Kettle, has to be much better. Uh, and and you said it a little bit ago. He was 14-25, 194 passing yards, three touchdowns, and did not turn the ball over. Um, but 194 passing yards, I, I think it's really easy just to, to throw that to the side saying, all right, 194, not a big deal. It is difficult to put up that many passing yards on a 50 yard field. It's not quite as simple as saying, well, it's, you know, uh, half as long field. So you should have, you know, half as many passing yards. It's not quite that simple, but putting up 194 passing yards in an IFL game uh, is really, really impressive. So he was much better as a thrower And, of course, he's always effective with his legs. He scored a touchdown. He had 43 rushing yards, uh, just about five yards a pop on the ground. Um, So he was much better. Um, And I thought he and the entire Northern Arizona offense did a great job on that final drive of the first half. I think this is where I I I think saying the game was decided here is wrong, of course, because there were still so many important plays in the second half. But Bay Area getting that crazy touchdown, J.T. Stokes, to take the lead less than a minute left you feel like you're going into halftime with an advantage with the momentum you're getting the ball back to begin the third quarter thinking all right this is where we build the two score lead and then you know we just keep chugging along keep putting up scores we could you know play score for score and and we're still going to come out on top when it's all said and done but no northern arizona put together a really efficient quick drive and they were aided by one really important and um, unfortunate, not timely penalty by Bay Area in the end zone, giving the the Wranglers a fresh set of downs, stopping the clock under you know of course with one minute timing rules in the IFL that allowed Northern Arizona to get in the end zone and to kind of change the momentum going into halftime. So for me, Evan, first half takeaways, it's the final few plays of the first half. Bay Area committing an untimely turnover, Northern Arizona taking advantage, taking the lead by one point. Uh, and of course that was uh you know the, the final deficit as well Northern Arizona by one point. So I thought that that final drive, the final 40 seconds just just huge in this game.
2: Yeah, it w- it was massive, but to Bay Area's credit as opposed to a game like against Tucson where they got double up between the beginning and the end of the first half, they did respond as they go right down the field to begin the second half with the football. Dalton Sneed caps it off with a two-yard score to JT Stokes, who had another huge game, three yeah. touchdowns for him. Dalton Sneed, four total touchdowns, three of which through the year, of course, to JT Stokes. Uh, but Northern Arizona response with Garrett Kettle finding Ramon Jaquiao Bowman, is relatively quiet, in the first meeting between these two teams for a 24 yard score that time had some success in the secondary against Marquise Bridges, Trey Meadows getting over the top. I thought both of those corners did a really good job throughout this game, but got burnt on that play. And then, you know, kind of towards the tail end of the third, this is where Bay area uh, unfortunately had the majority of its, of its success and and, uh, did not find itself in the end zone or in the, scoring column at all in the fourth because they go five plays for 42 yards, um, a third and 14 big play. Dalton Sneed finds JT Stokes for 16 yards. That's a touchdown. And that is the final time with 90 seconds left in the third quarter that Bay Area scores. Uh, but JT Stokes had a lot of separation through the first three quarters of this football game. Entering the fourth, though, Mark, it looked like Bay Area had a couple of opportunities to seal this game up because they get a turnover on downs about a minute and 10 into the fourth quarter. They turn that around with you know, a relatively short field that uh, the Wranglers give them. And on a third down and 12, I believe, Dalton Sneed finds... JT Stokes Mm -hmm. open over the middle. It hits him in the hands and he drops it. So that turns into a 27 yard field goal attempt by Aiden Johnson that he misses wide left. It was close, but misses wide left. They give the ball back to Northern Arizona who goes on an absolutely incredible drive to, you know, go down, essentially uh, take the lead. And what would be essentially the, the, the winner in this one, because after the missed field goal, Garrett Kettle in this offense orchestrates a near five minute drive, including a fourth and eight that I I thought essentially gave them the momentum back in this game. Uh, Garrett Kettle on fourth and eight from the 18 yard line finds Wisniewski over the middle for 16 yards. Great throw threads the needle between three Panthers through the defenders Wisniewski's open, hits the deck kettle punches it in a couple of plays later from two yards out. And then from there, the Panthers still have, you know, still have one response Um, But at this point in the football game, they are, of course, not only playing against the opposing team, but also against the crowd, also against the clock. And again, they put themselves in a position to win and take this football game third and 14. Pardon me. Yes. Sorry. A third and 14. um, Dalton Snead has an open JT Stokes in the end zone. And I, I thought he just missed him. Now it could be because he had to rush his throw a little bit. The combination of Tremont Lofton along with Theo Majet were in the backfield the majority of the night leading to nine for 99 when it comes to penalties against the Panthers. A lot of those holds on the offensive line, uh, but he had an open Stokes, missed him. That forces another field goal with 39.4 seconds left from 32 yards. And Aiden Johnson unfortunately misses the kick and that essentially uh, puts Northern Arizona with a place to get one one first down. They do so. They they put the you know the the icing on the cake of this football game in Barry falls by a single point. But but that second half had so many different moments. And I'm curious what what stood out to you watching that game. Yeah, so many moments. Half?
1: Yes, so I mean, so many big plays. It's it's hard to pick just one. I think for me, I guess this might be cheating a little bit. Not just one play, but kind of one series. You mentioned the stop that the Panthers get right out of the gates in the fourth quarter. They force a turnover on downs. um, And again, at that point of the ball game, Bayer is already up by six. They get a stop up by six to start the fourth quarter. They get the ball back relative short field. Then you're thinking you get a score here and this game's almost over. Like it's so difficult to come back from a two score deficit in a single quarter in the IFL because of how often you see scores. The opposing team can score for the rest of their drives in a quarter, but you still need at least one stop defensively, and the odds of that happening just aren't great. So when the Panthers get that stop, you're thinking, all right, punch this thing in, and we're almost at home with a victory, with with the team's fourth straight victory. So I think this game really changed kind of similar to the end of the first half It changed here where the Panthers got the ball back and couldn't quite take advantage. You mentioned that third and 11 uh, throw over the middle to JT Stokes just on the doorstep of the goal line. He had enough for the first down and for whatever reason, just dropped the ball. Unfortunate. JT Stokes had a fantastic game. You could probably say was Bay Area's best offensive player in, in the game. Unfortunate drop there. And the Panthers then, as you mentioned, missed the field goal, and it it turns into a long drive for Northern Arizona. They go down, they take the lead, no scores the rest of the way, and the game's over. Um, So that one stood out to me. What also stood out to me um, was on the Panthers' last drive. After Northern Arizona answered to take the lead, the Panthers eventually have a first and 10 from the Northern Arizona 15 at the one-minute warning. So, Plenty of time. In fact, almost too much time. You wish you had less time at that point because you don't want to score too quick and give Northern Arizona a chance to win the game before the buzzer sounds. Uh, So time is not an issue for you. You have 15 yards to go to get in the end zone and take the lead. Uh, and what happens on that first and 10 play? A bad snap. Sneed can't handle it. It rolls behind him. He has to fall on it. Uh, and, and or Actually, it was Rankin that falls on, and the team loses, what, like eight yards, bringing up a second and 18. And then, as you mentioned, it eventually becomes a third and 14. And he, he airmails Stokes in the end zone, and then you're left with a really tough decision. Do you try to go for it on fourth and 14, or do you trust your kicker who's missed a point after touchdown and who has already missed a field goal in this quarter? What do you do? Do you try to go for glory on fourth and 14, or do you try to, you know, hope that your kicker who has already missed a couple of kicks makes this one. It's a really tough decision, but really it was a result of a bad snap. Unfortunately, in a, in a really unfortunate moment, um, so for me, Evan, it's it's that moment of that snap on that first and ten play, and and then it's just not capitalizing off a stop that your defense got early in the fourth quarter. If either of those things, um, I don't know, fall in the Panthers' favor, uh, I think they win this game. But sometimes it's just it's just what happens. Unfortunate. I'm not saying it's just bad luck. I mean, they were mistakes. Uh, those are controllable things. They're mistakes, but but they happen sometimes. Just unfortunate that it happened uh, in those moments because they were such big moments.
2: Yeah, no, and look, the, the Panthers after all of that, uh, that they, they won the possession battle. You know, they were five of nine on third down, two of two on fourth down. Uh, the nine for you know nearly seventy yards of penalties really hurt them today. But they outrushed uh Northern Arizona in the game over the weekend, I should say. Um, and they forced Northern Arizona to make a lot of plays offensively that they did not make in their first meeting. Um, So, you know, frankly, the the fact that they lost this game by a point, you could say some of those mistakes, some of those situational shortcomings that they had might indicate a larger deficit, uh, a, a larger point differential between these two teams. But that that felt like a future potential playoff matchup, and so I, I thought it was it was a damn good football game. Uh, you know, Dalton Sneed in this one, coming off of seven passing touchdowns, a franchise record, was still pretty damn good. Sixteen of twenty five for three three touchdowns through the year and one on the ground. Also had his third interception of the season. Justin Rankin was good again on the ground, 10 attempts for 49 yards, as well as a score, the majority of which, of course, come on the 36-yard touchdown uh, run. J.T. Stokes, even though he had a drop, Dalton Sneed missed him down the stretch, still five for 55 and three scores. And then on defense, you had a couple of, Defensive backs with Trey Meadows and J.R. Stevens that had a couple of a uh, pass breakups. Tavon Grant got in the backfield, had another sack in which he yeah. continues to lead the team in. And really up in that front of the defensive line position has been holding that spot down. He's been the only defensive lineman to play in every single game this year as an IFL rookie, by the way.
0: Hey, Mel, Bry here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Daddy. Hey, Mikey, if you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. (laughs) Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, But I'm going to get you that budget just as soon as... uh, Mikey, popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart, Brian.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas...
2: Uh, So there's still room for growth for this team, but they will need it, Mark, because look, as we continue here on the Barrier Panthers pod and encourage you to download, rate, and subscribe on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network, uh, would also like to look ahead to potentially the biggest game so far this year. And they've already had a lot of big ones. They faced... The number one team rank coming into the year, Arizona, uh, Massachusetts, who has of course won a championship within the past two seasons. They've already played the defending champions twice in Northern Arizona, splitting those games. But now they get the de facto number one team in the IFL, the Frisco Fighters, on Saturday, May twentieth, six oh five kick, SAP Center in San Jose, and they are undefeated. They are seven and zero, and that is not going to be an easy game. And so coming off of a, a tough loss, I'm very interested to see how Bay Area responds to an emotional defeat on the road, now coming home against, frankly, the best team in the league.
1: Yeah, best team in the league. There's no question. Seven and 0 they've been number one in the coaches poll for a number of weeks now. Strangely enough, they are coming off of, by far, their worst performance of the season. They were in Tulsa. That's expansion Tulsa in their first year of existence last week and they narrowly escaped with a win 39 to 37 Tulsa on the year has has really struggled as well they have just one win so um that was looking like a terrible result there for a little bit for Frisco it came down to the final minute much like Bay Area's game did on the road against Northern Arizona um and that might not be the um I don't know. You could say, well, if Tulsa almost beat them, then Bay Area, who's certainly better than Tulsa, should be able to give them a good fight. Um, but it almost seems to me, Evan, like last week for Frisco, uh, not saying that they overlooked Tulsa or anything, but it's just it's kind of a natural letdown moment where you're riding high, you haven't lost this year, and you're playing, you know, just frankly one of the, the worst teams in the league, Bay Area was in the same exact position Tulsa was last year. It's it's really difficult in your first year in existence. That's just the way that these things work. Um, so I think it's kind of the natural human instinct or reaction to maybe let your guard down a little bit. But Frisco got that scare. They got scared good by Tulsa. They came out on top, of course, which, which is what they care about more than anything else. But I'm sure... That Billy Back and, and the rest of the Frisco coaching staff is preaching to the, his guys, to their guys this week, like, "Hey, we got to make sure we're taking Bay Area and everyone else on our roster seriously because any team can beat anyone any given night in this league." So last week for Frisco might serve as a a bit of a. I don't know, a wake-up call for Frisco moving forward, and that might mean perhaps some some added focus for Frisco this week against Bay Area, and if that's the case, I mean, Frisco is already so good. Um, extra focus m- might, be, uh, might make it a, a tougher challenge is, is all I'll say for Bay Area coming into this one, but I mean, Frisco is so good anyway. It's going to be tough regardless, um, but it almost seems like that result last week might work against Bay Area just a little bit.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, look, it's obviously a tough game on the schedule, uh, but there was a lot of kind of wonky games as we were talking about (laughs) before the podcast. Uh, Iowa gets his first win of the year after hanging 73 points on Massachusetts, 73-43 Green Bay. Even though San Diego had not been particularly great throughout the entirety of the season, they looked like they had found some success as of late. Green Bay beats them at home, sixty-one to fifty, so a high-scoring game there as well. And of course, you mentioned Frisco eking out a victory, kind of staving off Tulsa. Duke City at home beating Tucson, fifty-six to forty-nine. So, Bay Area not the only team to have—I don't want to say a letdown game by any means, but but kind of a, an interesting affair that I would guess the majority of those that follow the IFL would not predict. But when it comes to Frisco, uh, this is a team that is just about as as sure as can be on both sides of the football. Uh, They're the number one offense. They're the number two defense. They put up 54 a game. They allow 32. And really, the offense is the driving force. The defense is good, and they play off it complimentary. But it all starts with T.J. Edwards, who right now has both 19 rushing touchdowns 19 passing touchdowns this guy scores a ton he is the definition of a dual threat quarterback for Frisco and is a reason why their their team and their offense has been nearly unstoppable really up until that last week. so it, it all starts and ends with the quarterback. I know he's got a couple receivers that have I believe seven and five receiving touchdowns over 300 yards apiece so he has multiple weapons uh, but when it comes to putting the ball in the air and on the ground, It all starts with T.J. Edwards, arguably the best quarterback in the IFL currently.
1: Yeah, he's up there. Uh, He's second in the IFL in passing yards, uh, sixth in rushing yards. Um, He's 10th in rushing yards per game. So it's not just because he's played more games than some of the other leaders. Uh, He is up there with the best. What I may be most interested in in this matchup, Evan, is how Bay Area, Justin Rankin and Dalton Sneed, are able to fare on the ground against this defensive attack because where frisco is far and away the best in the league is against the run they give up less than 35 yards per game on the ground 35 yards per game that is just absolutely ridiculous they allow just over three yards per rush this season both of those are best in the IFL and you look at the rest of the the rushing yards per game allowed leaders you have Frisco again number 1 overall 34.9 per game second best is Tucson 53.7 yards per game that's almost a 20 yard difference from number 1 to number 2 There's a bigger gap between Frisco and Tucson, the number one and number two teams in rushing yards allowed per game, than there is between Tucson, again, the second best team in the league, and Green Bay, the sixth best team in the league. That's how dominant Frisco has been at stopping the run. And of course, on the flip side, Bay Area really loves to run the ball. You look at their offensive numbers, they have the third best rushing attack in the IFL, averaging just a tick under 90 yards per game. So something's got to give. Can Bay Area overcome a great Frisco run defense? Or will Frisco's great run defense limit Bay Area's really good rush offense? That's the matchup that I am going to be looking at in this one. Because if Bay Area can't get the rushing attack going, Frisco has three really great defensive linemen. And if they can make Bay Area one-dimensional they might be able to get after Dalton Sneed in the backfield. Uh, so I think Bay Area needs to have at least some success running the ball to keep the defense honest um, if, if they want to come out with a victory. I think they're going to have to have at least a, a decent day running the football, and that's a really tall task considering how good Frisco is.
2: Yeah, and they're also going to have a tall task potentially on the outside because Michael Levett has been arguably the best corner oh, yeah. in the IFL this year. He's second with 10 pass breakups. He is tied for first with six interceptions. And through nine weeks, that is nothing to scoff at. So, you know, if it's taking, trying to take away JT Stokes, expect for a hopeful big game from Nye Jackson, who's been kind of quiet as of late. Jensen Rankin potentially out of the backfield. Katrell Haywood, who's been a nice third option for Bay Area. Those are guys that are going to have to step up, as will everyone if they want a chance to beat this team that is currently undefeated. So we are very much looking forward to that. Again, that is May 20th, this Saturday, 6.05 kick, military military appreciation night at SAP Center when the Barry Panthers at four and three, still four and two in the West in second place, host the undefeated Frisco Fighters at home. And so that's going to be your first and uh, only chance in the month of May to check out Bay Area because the next home game afterwards will be on June 3rd. Uh, so we encourage you to get your tickets at Barry Panthers.com. And if you can, of course, tune in 95, seven, the game, uh, my broadcast partner, Mark Grain will have the call for that one. So very much looking forward to that. Mark appreciate you. This has been a fun pod, even though it's coming off of a tough loss, really looking forward to the game this weekend against Frisco. Cannot wait for potentially, uh, you know, to see the best team in the IFL and maybe Bay Area can find a way to come out with a win and knock off the undefeated Frisco fighters. So I'm looking forward to that. We appreciate you tuning into this episode of the Bay Area Panthers pod, and we'll see you on Saturday. If not, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode
0: of the Bay Area Panthers pod, part of the 95.7 The Game podcast network.
1: How powerful is Cox Internet?